welcome back to Jam Radio, everybody. My name's Jeremy Siegel, alongside my co-host, Mike. Hello. Me and Siegel are old. <laughs> I'm older, so I get to complain more. How are you doing, Mike? Uh, good. Um, it's been a while since we recorded. We, we have a lot going on in our lives, collective lives, so we recorded uh, a little late, and this is going up a little late. Jay Siegel is typing. What are you doing? Uh, nothing. Shut up. <laughs> I was... Don't tell us. Don't tell them about the background information. Um, we we yeah. had a scare with our Discord server today. I was looking at Discord and it just like wasn't there, and it was like not loading. And all my other servers were working. It was weird. But yeah, yeah um, we have some sports talk. Before that, I saw Shang Chi last night. It was good. Um, the Marvel movie. Um, I saw the new Steven Soderbergh movie, the most recent Steven Soderbergh movie, um, The Laundromat, and it was really good. I just, I'm a huge fan of Steven Soderbergh director Scott Z. Burns writer movies, like The Informant. Those are so fun. Um, my random recommendation of today is the the Nexpo YouTube video about the Walton Files. It's like a and Five Nights at Freddy's ARG. That's really um, disturbing and good. Think of what you've been consuming lately. Uh, textbooks and history notebooks, because college. Imagine still being in school. Yeah, fucking imagine. Fucking Just kidding, loser. kids. You can go to school at any time and you're valid. That was a joke. Uh, unless you're 24 and you're a sophomore. Uh it's not. What I thought. Wait, aren't you a junior? No, I'm technically a sophomore according to my college. Oh shit! So you so. still got a lot of time in school left. Well, I mean, I'm like, like I'm almost like a third year sophomore. It's weird. Or a third semester sophomore. I don't understand it. But yeah. Anyway, sure, you're valid. Um, <laughs> uh, that's all I've been doing. I, I haven't consumed any media. Other than music. You should go watch the Walton Files video. Okay. No. Whatever. Uh, oh, actually, the sorry, no, I'm, I'm good. I don't have brain capacity for that. The one thing I did actually listen to that was I wanted to talk about was uh, fucking Donda, which I'm sure is now like late news for anyone who actually likes music, but Kanye West released Donda, and what a surprise. It was awful. Um, so I, I don't understand the whole, like, Kanye is amazing. He had, he had good music, and he has good music, but, like, the people that are, like, bandwagoning, like, no, it's actually brilliant. It, it's not that good. It's 27 fucking songs long. No album needs to be that long. <laughs> it feels like Kanye becoming a personality is the worst thing that could happen to him. I don't follow him or his music very much, but it seems like as soon as, like, all that shit took a turn. Um, like his music got worse. I don't know if it's related, but that seems like what happened. Well, he became like a caricature of himself. Yeah, when that happened, everything got. When he like had the Trump phase. Remember that? That was Wait, so still happening. <laughs> he's still a Trump supporter. I mean, he he wanted to run for president, but he's like a staunch Republican, which is. I mean, I guess not ironic because he's rich. Whatever, it I'm makes not gonna, sense. Well, 
There are other reasons, but I'm not going to get into the philosophy of why Republicans become Republicans and stuff. Society. Okay. All right. Fucking shut up about this. I have. I'm mad about other stuff that's like two weeks old. Um, we're starting. (laughs) What? I'm start. I want to talk about the the baseball drama for like one second. Just hear me out. So, um, for the non-baseball people listeners of the podcast, what happened was, um, the the players and the Mets started doing this chant after they got a hit where they would just they would co-opt like a boo and they just like thumbs downing after they get hit uh they get a hit um and like i don't know everybody fucking thought it was world war three i don't know why it was such a big deal um everybody acting like they're it's an affront to the fans as if it's like a big deal um so here's my little blurb about it that i wrote um the Mets players have to subject themselves to constant toxicity and borderline abuse. I don't think this is about getting booed, but probably a lot of players new to the organization facing the harsh realities of playing in New York, especially on social media, being expected to stay quiet while they get harassed on Instagram, threats to the leaked address, family members contact in the interim. Um, everyone's quick to flaunt their God-given right to boo these guys and call them soft if it makes... I really did not. I was mad when I was writing this, probably, because this makes no sense. <laughs> No, and I, call them soft sense. if they make the slightest jab back. But imagine how much soft the fans must be if this whole controversy is out of that. Moral story: um, Fuck the people mad at this and all the New York media people who, who peddle this kind of stuff to help create this kind of top, toxic atmosphere and outrage. I sounded like I was giving a oral commentary in English because I was so nervous. My only comment on that, and I didn't understand what was happening until I like read about it and asked you questions about it or something, but. I think the most ridiculous thing was issuing an apology to the fans for it. That's where I think they lost me. The well, guy being like, we're sorry we had, we our players did that, and the players had to come out and apologize. I'm like, no, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, no, I, the organization clearly pressured them into giving an apology. I don't think they... Yeah, and also you're going to lose Javi Baez at the end of the season because I'm not going to want to fucking play with the Mets after this controversy. I, would I mean, that might be one like, for the hills. That might be a blessing in disguise because I don't think he's going to age that well, well skills wise. He's not going to age well, and he sucks right now. So no, he's been good. Look at his numbers since the trade deadline. But when you're bad, and when you have this, everyone knows playing in fucking New York is going to be the worst fucking atmosphere. I would People not think Javi Baez sucks because they see a clip of him like swinging and missing really badly, and that's just what his game is. He takes huge swings. Sometimes he'll hit a home run on a pitch that nobody had any right to hitting. And sometimes they'll just miss it by a lot. Um, yeah, but no, New York... It, but it's not like... People frame it as if like New Yorkers are tough or whatever. They're like old boomers who pay for overpriced beer and shitty cheap sheets to yell fucking racial slurs from the bleachers. And they're like, oh, we're tough, you can't handle New York, alright? We have high expectations. No, you suck! No, I... Th- that's what it is they have high expectations just a piece of you're just a dick you're not cool (laughs) they have no right to have high expectations because they're such like assholes or whatever but if i was a player i don't care how much money you're giving me i'm not fucking playing in new york or boston or any of those state cities that are a racist and b just not sport towns imagine how like you know what like being anxious feels like imagine having anxiety having to do that all this 
Yeah. What if any of these guys have like mental? Play that. Yeah. It, well, and I think that's another issue that we're like, especially in the world we're living in right now, that players are starting to voice their like, "Hey, I have this," or "Hey, like a," uh, not Strasburg, Granky. Who Zach Granky has like? Yeah, legend. I don't know what does he have. He has social anxiety has some... disorder. Okay, I knew he had something. Yeah, like, he got, he's like he got one of the... shit because he wouldn't sign with the the Yankees for that reason. Yeah, and I, I think if I was a player again, I would not sign with any of those teams. Go to Detroit. Go to a small market team that will appreciate exactly. the fucking hell. Of, go to a Diamondbacks team. Go to any other team that's small market. They will love, love you there. So you'll name his two teams. <laughs> I had to because like they suck and they're never gonna get. Go to fucking Seattle. Go to Toronto. Go, there are a bunch of cities that will love big agent, big free agent signings, but they all want to go to these teams that are toxic and they have these horrible systems in place that think that it's okay to the fans are allowed to do what they do. So as long as they get away with it, they're gonna. Everybody talks say, a like, huge fucking game about being a mental health advocate, and all of a sudden somebody strikes out, and they're like, you fucking what for the face of shit. Also, the sign of, like, a boo sign, like, downward, thumbs downward, if you don't know what that is. I think everyone would know what that is. But, like, boo, you suck. That's the extent of what the players did. If I was a player and wanted to piss off the fans, I'd flip them off. Like, there's so many worse signs they could have, like, the fucking, like, fuck yeah, you. Yeah, no, like I said, you. they did, like, the, the slightest thing back, and everybody, would, like, started fucking throwing a fit about it. Imagine having to take what they take. The, um, now, my other point devil's was, advocate. Yeah. Are you going to say that they could make a lot of money? That doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. Who cares? I was going to say. He's not, there's still a lot to have feelings. It's not like their feelings change. True, but the Astros still cheated, and I still fucking hate them. I mean, that's fine. You can hate the Astros for cheating. I'm, I'm still not even saying you can boo the Mets. I'm just going to think you're an asshole if you're booing your own team. That's that's all. Yeah, Especially just just don't watch them like I do with the Diamondbacks and the Tigers. They're depressing to watch, and you shouldn't watch them when they suck. The Mets are like they need to make a run to make the playoffs right now. It's possible, but they're not like out of it. Why would you like be against them? In a time of need. Who knows, man. Who knows? My other point was like, um, in like social media world, you have like, I'm on Twitter and I'm seeing people like threaten James McCann's wife in the DMs and like tweeting terrible shit at Marcus Stroman and threaten to leak their address. Like I said, like it's so much worse than just getting booed. And they're all they're doing is like taking taking the thumbs up, thumbs down gesture, and everybody's mad about it. Give me a break. Shut up. Well, yeah, the crime needs to fit the punishment. You shouldn't. That's overextending. That's uh, you're gonna get into like social media world, which is like a whole problem in itself. Just like now that everyone has a voice, everyone thinks they need to voice their opinion. I don't give it's... a fuck about ninety nine percent of this country. I if don't want to hear from Joe Schmo. If you say something like enough times to somebody on the internet, they're going to see it, no matter who they are. Like you can—that's the scariest part about like the internet. Yeah, I agree. Okay, we talked way too long about it's, this, even though I wanted to talk about long about this. No, it's no, it, it's a—you're uh, making very valid points, especially that last one where, 
Like, it comes back to what we learned as kids. Like, not stranger danger, but, like, everything you say on the internet is forever. Even the tweets you delete. Um, so, remember that, kids. When you shit-talk Javi Baez or whatever. It's like, you, you are an asshole. And there's proof right there. Um, but, yeah. How much is Javi Baez making? Um, <laughs> I actually don't know. I... And the thing is, I don't even I don't want to not resign him because I hate he think he's like a mean guy or whatever. I just don't think um, I think he's gonna like crater really quick because of what what his game is like. Um, I bet he's making somewhere in the vicinity of like I don't know twenty million. And the Mets also aren't paying him right now. They the uh, the Cubs took all the rest of his salary. Javi Baez is making $11 million, so he's not, like, super high-paid in the world of baseball, but he's going to get a contract that's worth, like, $300 million or something. That would be probably season. an overpay for Javi Baez. I don't know if I would give that to him. Well, I'm not, I don't know. I don't know. I don't keep in touch with, like, how much players yeah. are worth or anything. Um, but he's going to get upwards of in the hundreds of millions of dollars after this season. Yeah, he's going to get a lot of money. That doesn't mean you can attack his family and be mean to him. You can be mean to him. You can don't... okay, like I said, you can boo him. I don't care. Like it's whatever. But it's stupid. Like I think you're stupid if you boo your own team. I don't. Yeah. Again, just don't watch. Her. It's much well, easier. You can do everybody. Everybody is like fucking. Oh, you're. We pay good money to come here. You don't have to. Who's who's forcing you to? If you don't uh, like Javi Baez and Lindor, then don't come. They're the two like centerpieces of the team right now. Well, By the really way, they've been like, is... hitting really good in the past few weeks. I was about to say, it's really hilarious because you're booing Lindor, who's going to be there for the next 10 years. So get used to that face. And that would, like, he's not leaving. Javi's leaving, possibly, probably. Lindor is the face of the Mets for the next decade. So why would they resign? Remember... Why would they resign Javi if they already have a shortstop? It makes no sense. Who knows? Because they're the Mets. Okay, the uh, Mets. Okay, let's finally talk about music. I got yeah, that off music. my chest. I feel good about it. I'm glad you feel good about it. I'm sure Discord recorded it all. Uh, week thirty-three. Oh, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> week thirty-three. Old friends and sprained ankles. Uh. Do you have any shout-outs, my guy? Yep. Um, I said Old Friends is a camp song from this year. I missed at camp. It's really nice. Maybe I have just a bias towards this guy, but Ben Rector is like the perfect folk light flavor artist. Ben Rector? Did I say his name right? I don't know. Um, yeah, probably. The Narcissist Cooked Book is quite interesting. The other song by them we've either passed or we haven't gotten to yet. I like that one more, um, but I like this project in general. Um, I wrote that Julian Baker reminds me a lot of Francis Quinlan. Has a nicer voice, in my opinion. That's exactly um, what my note says. Sounds thank like God. Francis Quinlan. I said, if you don't, I said, if you don't really like this song, I'm going to be mad at you because of how much you bring up Francis Quinlan for absolutely no reason. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. I think Mitski is a really good lyricist. Um, we went to the same school. I wrote Mountain Dew Addict. What is this? I don't remember writing that. Wait, Mitski went to the same college? Yeah. You? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. I, yeah. I didn't think she, she, I assume it's a she. Uh, they would be 
part of, I don't know, they just don't seem to have like a northeastern sound, but okay. What a guess California. But anyway. Uh yeah, I said old friends. Wait, so you actually knew this song from camp or it just yes, sounds like I knew song? it before. I mean you recommended it and I didn't know it and then like I heard it again because of camp and then I I was like, fuck. This song again. Oh. When I was listening to well, the music. Single song. Um yeah, the perfect cliche of a growing up in like suburbia is like with a group of friends. Uh be, like nostalgia and stuff. As we get older, it makes more sense. But I like the lyrics and I've got some good friends now, but I've never seen their parents' back porch. I think that perfectly captures like growing up in suburbia. Like I I can picture everybody's backyards and what we used to like do in our friends' backyards. I like that line a uh, lot. Yes. It's also really uh, sad. Yeah, because we're old. Um, <laughs> in My Mind by um, Amanda Palmer. Yeah, uh, I just like the opening line. Uh, in my mind, in a future five years from now, I'm 120 pounds. Uh, in all seriousness, like, no, sorry. I was supposed to stop there. My brain keeps going. I just love the line, 120 pounds. I don't think I've been like that since, like, sixth grade. So it's just, like, scary to think of that number as plausible for people. Uh, but in all seriousness, I like how the song perfectly describes a person in their 20s struggling to figure themselves out, which I feel like is a lot of these next two weeks songs. Stop it. What are you doing? And it's a lot of my songs in general. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would say that. Um, sprained ankle sounds like Francis Quinlan. 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 Uh, the Phantom Below by Moron Police. Great fucking name. Uh, an, uh, Norwegian don't know why that name escaped me band sounds like something out of a Sonic game or like the or like the running build up bit even has like that feel of like when you start running and it's like Sonic Heroes or something like that or an anime feel it's just a great theme song song have you seen I the trend should... of like putting emo songs over anime intros yeah putting uh, Dear Maria Count Me In by yeah. All Time Low is like the trend song that it fits to any anime and i just i love that song um but yeah it is actually weird i have that as my question why do so many pop punk songs or electric rock in this case fit that category of like just being able to slot in i don't know why but i love that people have discovered that and um and finally butterflies by samsa yes i know you're gonna bring this up probably Probably one of. Do you have notes on this or? Yes. Okay, I don't want to stomp all over Mike's notes, but it's no, like fine. Go ahead, the three-part love song that captures this roller coaster of thoughts you go through that go through someone's head when they have a crush on someone, and it's just, it's the list of their perfections and flaws and all of the things in between that you notice about them. Um, but I'll save the my favorite line to when you talk about it. Um. No, just say it. I probably didn't write any lines down. Oh, okay. My favorite line is the opening, which I think is like the perfect or great opening line is being... Oh, no, it's not the opening. Sorry. It's near the end. I don't know. I said opening. Whatever. Being perfect's unrealistic. Either way, I like our flaws. I think I'm not... I'm in love, but I'm... But I've been feeling otherwise. These flutters in my stomach aren't butterflies, but cutting knives and not the butter kind. It's the opening lines. Um, took me a second. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just great. 
I love that song. It's one so of my favorite song. Mike recommendations. Um, yeah, those are all my shoutouts. I can talk wanna... about butterflies for a little bit. Do I have anything else besides that? I don't know. Oh yeah, I do. Um, I have "Comet" by Tom Sharpling, the song from Steven Universe. Um, it's a really fun song from one of my favorite TV shows. Uh, the guy Tom Sharpling who plays Greg has such like a sincere voice when you pair him up with like the cosmic themes in the song too. It makes her a really awesome character, one of my favorite characters from Steven Universe. Um, something is about his voice is just so like genuine, like dad type. Um, whoever cast him had a stroke of genius. Um, he can't even sing, and it makes they make him sound cool in this. Um, this is the song's just in a flashback where the character he's playing, Greg, meets the leader of the Crystal Gems, starts a relationship, and kind of starts to win over her heart. It's a really cool scene, and the sequence is awesome too. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I was on like a a month long kick of listening to the song in like junior year of high school before I even watched the universe. I just recently binged the show with my girlfriend again. It was so good. Um, do you have any thoughts on this one? I remember you said you liked it. I did like it. He was, he definitely can't sing because <laughs> he's off key in a few parts and it irks the hell out of me that they didn't like auto-tune him to make it better sounding but i guess that makes it more genuine yeah i mean also in uh, the show he's like a unsuccessful music artist so like i guess it makes yeah, sense then, <laughs> i get yeah he would be unsuccessful if he can't stay on key he wasn't on key he just missed notes and i was like concerned why that was in the actual cut, final cut um but i guess yeah it makes it sound more genuine this is the question. only time it's been like i've heard a song where he like can't where somebody literally can't sing and i was like this is still like awesome what i think he could hold a tune i just don't think he just wasn't obviously like professionally trained oh yeah he's just he's um, not a singer he's like a radio host he's not even like a voice actor i don't think this guy oh, cool yeah um my question was if i had to go watch either adventure time or steven universe which one do i go watch because i need to watch one of those shows which um, one do you recommend I don't know. Steven Universe, the problem. I don't, I'm for, for you, I'm trying to think. Maybe Adventure Time for you. I think I, Steven Universe is, I like more. You might like Adventure Time more, though. You should watch both. There's, um, you, just, you just might not like Steven Universe like I do. I think it's like, it might be my second favorite show of all time behind The Sopranos. I think it is. Those two being one and two show a lot yeah. about your personality as a person. Yeah. I love it. Um, you still okay. have to watch The Sopranos, don't you? Yeah, I never saw it. My dad ruined the ending for me years ago, so I know what happens. Right. Uh, but Everybody, I can still yeah. watch it. A lot of people know how it ends. Well, because it was like controversial or whatever. Um, it was. It was the like the most known ending of anything. Are you going to go see the uh, Sopranos movie? Isn't that coming out like in a month? Yeah, the prequel. It's coming out October 8th or something. I'm going to go see it. Okay. And it has uh, Gandolfini's son playing him or whatever. That's cool. That's cool. It is cool. Okay. And it's crazy how much he looks like James Gandolfini. True. It is shocking how much he does. Um, um, yeah, no. So I, for Butterflies, I just wrote how nice of a song it was. Um, 
I know. I remember telling you personally how much I love the the backing piano that's in the whole song. Um, it sounds like something I'd hear at like a school concert or just in like our school's auditorium. Um, you know, as he's listing all the things he likes about this person, and when they there are things um, when there are things that are like super nuanced and like specific like this, it makes me really happy. I love to think about like the very nuanced and like individual lives of people um it's one of my favorite parts of entertainment actually um to see all that and the song like describes it more um i love how it rounds up at the end in kind of like a happy medium of the stuff uh no the stuff that annoys him about her and the stuff that he loves he's kind of like i can I like I just appreciate you as a whole person. I can tolerate you because I love you. It's a very nice little thing at the end. And you said you, yeah, sorry. No, I was just saying you said most of the other stuff I was going to say. Yeah, it gives you uh, butterflies. Hey, <laughs> that's all for this week, uh, folks. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Um. I, I hate that you introduced me to Samsa and he doesn't make music anymore. Oh yeah, he, I was gonna say that too. He stopped making music. You evil human. I hate that. I hate that when artists are just like, oh, I have all these good songs, but no more. It's like, fuck. Why do I like you? Um, it hurts. Uh, okay. My bigger note is on Courtney by the Narcissist Cookbook, which Mike mentioned in his shoutouts. Uh, a UK self-described folk punk oratory artist oratory means like spoken word uh it uses the same photo editing program i do to uh, edit this podcast like photos for this podcast i found his cover art on canva.com that i use to photo edit all these podcast stuff so that was interesting he just found that artwork and used it as his, his public image is interesting for this cover art um I would say his sound, as Mike sort of pointed out, is one of the most like unique uh, that I've heard in 2020. And he's definitely one of my top finds of 2020, uh, even though this song's from 2018. Uh, but yeah, it just got randomly recommended to me on Spotify, and I love him so much. It, it, he's similar to Bug Hunter, I think. In, Bug like, Hunter? The... Yeah, I'm just going to shout out Bug Hunter whenever I get the chance, because... Most God, shouted out by Siegel. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, he's he's this. I, I have another shout out to him in my other notes for next week. Like I'm telling you, it's just Bug Hunter. Just we should just rename this show Bug Hunter Radio. Um, but it, it's just a master lyricist again with the Narcissist Cookbook. Who he's able to convey something so clearly that and yet make it poetic and like magical feeling. Um. This song's about how society is obsessed with conspiracy theories and rabbit holes. And if you don't know the Nirvana, the band Nirvana and Kurt Cobain, uh, the conspiracy theory is that Courtney Love Cobain, she took his last name. I didn't, I wasn't, wasn't aware of that, but uh, she did. Uh, he, she killed him, even though it's most of society says that he killed himself. There's a note that. She would hand wrote like half of the note. Some people think because they found her practicing his handwriting, and there's this 
whole thing, but people harass her on Twitter to this day, like, oh, you killed Kurt Cobain. And that's from 94, so way before Twitter was a thing. Uh, guys, like the Mets thing. Get the fuck over it. Like, like stop. People still this, like, think Yoko Ono broke up the Beatles. I don't know. Well, she did. There's a difference there. <laughs> she broke up the Beatles. That's not a conspiracy theory. What? She... She aided in the the breakup because she was like in in sessions and trying to change their music, and she was creating tension. That's different than you killed somebody, <laughs> uh, or nine eleven was an inside job. Like these are the kind of conspiracies we've kind of grown. Or well, coronavirus in a lab, we don't know, but that might actually be true. Who fucking knows? Um, not enough evidence yet. Uh. But yeah, the way the song plays out, and it almost seems like he grabs you at the beginning at, by the hand and just starts running at full speed, like through all these like conspiracies and like this particular one, why it's called Courtney, uh, and your ears just need to keep up with him. Uh, but I love that sound; it's very unique to him. Um, every listen, for at least f- for me, at least. Uh, reveal something new that I really like and missed out on because of the fast-paced element. Uh, and the vid- music video, which I was unaware of until I was doing research, is like eight minutes long. It has like four minutes of him just talking about conspiracy theories and like the ridiculousness of how society is like crumbling around these ideas. And again, 9-11 inside job. All these ones that we've kind of like almost grown tired of because we're just like, sick of defending them so these people grow in mass because we're not yelling at them constantly he even calls out in the video about a global pandemic wiping out society <laughs> from nice. 2018 so yeah he was just ahead of his time man it's like galileo or something about people just wouldn't want to get the vaccine when it comes out so that's part of why a little he mentioned uh i think he mentions jim carrey and what's her face the, the actress he dated uh, about being anti-vaxxers, but I don't think he makes the connection of, like, pe- all people are going to become anti-vaxxers, or half the population is going to become anti-vaxxers. Um, but yeah, he, he does some call-outs. It's interesting to see now. But anyway, if you want to see the video, either search up Courtney by the Narcissistic Cookbook or look in the description of this podcast. I'll put the link there. Or the show notes, whatever the fuck you call them now. But anyway... Those are all my notes. Love Narcissus Cookbook. Uh, do you have any more notes for this week, Mike? Nope. That was my last. I like Narcissus Cookbook. That guy has a nice accent. Well, he is British, so yes. Probably British. or something. I don't know. It's not posh. Anyway, uh, do you want to say your top five? Sure. Um, number five, old friends. Number four, strawberry blonde. Number three, I should have talked about, but I was reasoning through my notes. Uh, animal spirits. Number two, butterflies. Number one, comet. Okay, so butterflies is gonna win. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I knew that going into the week. Well, all the rest of them are my my song. So five, we didn't talk about. Ain't got it like that by Earl St. Clair and PJ. By the way, his album was called My Name is Earl, so great fucking album. Uh, it's like a jazz funk piece. Really good. Go give it a listen. Uh, Old Friends by Ben Re- Rector. 
Three, The Phantom Below by Moron Police. Two, Courtney by The Narcissist Cookbook. And one, Butterflies by Samsa. Okay. Uh, okay, so. Great. Good job, Samsa. Sad you don't make music anymore, but we move on with our lives. Come back. Come uh, on our podcast. Yeah, make music again so you can come on the podcast. Uh, week 34, uh, entitled Our Year Made Up of Two Perfect Moments. What were those two perfect moments from 2020, Mike? Can you think of any? Uh, Nokia and Come Over by Matt Watson. Nope, <laughs> that's not what I meant. Uh, uh, Nokia and Come Over by Matt Watson. God, what good... I'm trying to be positive here, Mike. Is any good thing happened in 2020? Um, <laughs> Trump lost. I mean, yeah, but his people are still around. I mean, I guess it's a good thing. I wish we could, like, send him to the moon with him or something, or Mars. I'm totally fine if Trumpers want to go to Mars and just send them there and they have their own fucking plan. Anyway, sorry. Off tan- off topic. I don't think perfect moments happened in 2020. I think only good moments, and those were few and far between. Um, uh, do you have any shout-outs for week 34? Yes. It just reminded me, my girlfriend showed me Downton Abbey, and it's pretty good. What the fuck? Okay. What? Why the fuck do you like Downton Abbey? It's kind of good. Also, I always piss off my mom because I say downtown. I used to think it was Downtown Abbey also. Did she she watch it? Uh, No, but she just always corrects me and it pisses her off, so it's funny. Okay, so I like Our Year. I like the triumphant song with the sports cover. Um, It made me think of the double meaning, meaning Our Year could have with like people in sports and like the pr- the present tie between people in sports. Um, when I hear people say it's our year with regards to their favorite sports team, um, and they say it with like about themselves, I like thinking about those two things hand in hand. That's really I don't even know if that's what the song was trying to do, but that's what I thought of. That's my shout out. Um, shout out the Bad Touch by the Bloodhound Gang, because um, they just did the Foxtrot uniform Charlie Kilo song that. We are big fans of and used to listen to all the time. Um, I figured that was worth a shout out. Um, it's also worth pointing out how catchy and fun to listen to these songs are, despite being like as dumb as they are and like as about what they are. Um, and you can go on your shout outs now. My next two are longer. Oh, geez. Um, well, are you I'm almost sure I've no, I'm, I was ready. Uh, I was going to say, I'm almost sure I've heard. The bad touch song before you recommend. I think you showed it to me before you recommended it to me, but for some reason, I think I didn't listen to it, or somehow missed it on the first go through because I didn't know it was that song that was like the fucking music video. What isn't that the one with the monkeys in the cage or whatever? Yeah, they have weird music videos. Yeah, so I was like, I definitely knew this song. I just didn't know the title, and I guess I somehow missed it when I was. It was just interesting to hear, and I'm like, oh, I definitely know this song. Anyway, and I think you showed it to me, ironically. Um, I I also wanted to shout out our year. It, I did make that sports connection, too. Love the cover art of the football player Roger Staubach. Jumping. I guess he was the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I didn't do a bunch of research, but I wanted to know who it was. So there you go, if you were wondering who that was. 
but yeah, alt country rock song. Really, uh, probably the only kind of country that I really enjoy. Uh, from Texas, but yeah, the stop. I don't know. I I interpreted the song different than you, but now that you've said your thing, I think it's better than my interpretation of like sport fans kind of combining like their happiness with their team. Yeah, like. It's our year, baby. Like, I do that, even though I know after six games, it's not our year anymore. Um, hey, the Tigers are going to be big spenders this offseason or whatever. Yeah, but then they're going to get into some cheating scandal because of fucking, what's his face, running the I'm not like that bad this year. Okay, well, we can dream. It's definitely not going to be our year for a few more years. This is our year. I'd love to see a Diamondbacks Tigers World Series one day. Um, uh, the Bottom Shelf by Daniel Box with two X's because he's cool. Uh, the metaphor of keeping your yourself for people on the bottom shelf unless you go out and do it yourself is a great message. In the lyrics, I've been 22 years. It's been 22 years, and by now, you should know what you got to do. I think perfectly... It doesn't perfectly match my age or our age anymore. It did match your age, but not anymore. Uh and I, it ironically suggests that we should know what we do by 22. I know, obviously, it's saying that ironically. But, yeah, I'm 24 almost, and I'm like, no fucking clue. Up in the air. Up in the uh, air, bro. So it's just a funny little jab there. And uh, Tragedy by Bee Gees. I, I, they're just called Bee Gees. Bro, that was such a weird song. BGs. That was such a weird well, song. It, I don't know if you know this. But this is during my PewDiePie, not this in particular. What? what? But like I, so PewDiePie played Outlast. His Let's Play of Outlast. He, whenever he collected batteries, he used to go batteries, batteries, and it's this melody. It's tragedy by Bee Gees. And I was then I got like engaged. I loved this song because PewDiePie would sing it, and I was listening to that Let's Play or watching that Let's Play, and I loved this song. And so PewDiePie got me into Bee Gees, at least this Bee Gees song. It's one of their more obscure songs, but yes, PewDiePie. And it makes no sense on this playlist, but I love it because of that. Nostalgia, man. Okay, you can go now. Okay. Um, Nokia and Come Over by Matt Watson. Um, Matt Watson is a YouTuber from the channel Super Mega, um, former editors for... Markiplier and Game Grumps. Um, he pre- previously had dabbled in making his own comedy music. Um, and then he made the push to venture into serious stuff with this EP called um, What is the EP called? That's like one word. Nokia. No, that's the name of the song. Oh, damn. Uh, oh, it's, it's called Ouch. Okay. I knew it was like some weird name. Um, yeah, the EP called Ouch. Um, they both feel like some so some stoner ass like mixed music in like a dorm room. Um, you know, they feel like the video gameness and the charm of the music though, um, which I was kind of expecting. I loved um, the lyrics are like almost too simple and reductive, but they're like silly, but they're also just good that they're kind of that straightforward. Like some real sentiments that feel kind of obvious. Oh, but maybe that's just a bad, a bad thing from me for being like too post ironic and it shouldn't really take away from it. But 
that's one of my notes about that. I love those two songs. I kind of lumped them in together. Um, there. This is a very. Uh, I have Deadlock. My next song. I'm obsessed with. This. I also like started listening to this song again recently. Um, by Go Child. It's another very like YouTube gaming internet flu- uh, influence sounding song. I really love it. It has some Tumblr esque feeling, nice poetry in it. It's all backed by what sounds like someone typing into a code to get into a building or something. Um, it's it starts with him trying to put that in, and the whole song uses like the beep noises of that as instrumental. Um, I don't know if that was a good way to explain it, but just listen to it. It's good. Uh, that's all my notes. You haven't fucking listened to it. Why are you here? Go listen to the playlist and then come back and listen to us talk about the playlist. That's how this shit works. Advertisement. Or 21 weeks or episodes in or some shit. You should know by now how this shit works. Uh, sorry. Got off track there. Um, my longer note, uh, first off, the, 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 uh, my first note, my longer, fuck shit, my brain just broke. My longer note is on is Ryan on? and Dave. <laughs> My brain just broke. Ryan and Dave acoustic version by Rare Americans. Shout out to the Rare Americans for posting us on their stories. And I've talked to them, so they might be coming on the podcast. We'll see. They actually reached back out after I was like, hey, do you want to come on the podcast? So who knows? That'd be fun. Um, yeah. Come on the uh, podcast. Duo... Yeah, listen to this. I doubt you will, because... Your response when I said, do you want to come on the podcast, was talk to our PR teams. Uh, I don't know if we're ever going to get to them. Um, but thank you for putting us on your stories, either way. Uh, but they're a duo of Canadian brothers. Yes, that's why I guess they're called Rare Americans. Making pop rock and alternative indie storytelling songs. Um I say this a lot, but the standard in my mind is Bug Hunter, creative storytelling, and these guys live up to it with their own sense of style. They nail the aesthetic, though. Uh, another word that I said I wouldn't say a lot, and I do more and more now. Um, the normal version of the song has many more streams, but I think the acoustic version, this one, the one on the playlist, allows for the story to be more appreciated and sung out loud, like we've talked about with Mike's bands or like this... Uh, generally a lot of pop songs where it has those moments where the crowd can interact in live audiences. I think this version allows for that more uh, when they do the okay, I'll do it chants in the, I guess it's technically the pre, the chorus, uh, similar to like, they tried to make me go to rehab, but I said, no, no, no. Both ironically about drug addiction because this song, a heartfelt catchy tune about the hardships of drug addiction and friendship slash family, with these two guys named Ryan, a drug addict who's on his last legs, and his cousin Dave, the rank-and-file guy with a family who tries to help Ryan get clean after knowing him for his whole life, and I guess successfully does it. They kind of leave it open-ended. But it's similar to the conversation I have with a friend down here uh, this week, where it's like, why do they make these upbeat songs about depressing shit? Um like drug addiction, or we were listening to Foster the People, uh, that song about school shootings. All the other kids with their diamond swords. Yeah, that. Except, yeah, pumped up kicks. Um, 
yeah, it's it, I never like really noticed it, or I guess I was aware of it, but it, it, there are these songs that are very like catchy and they're just about like the darkest shit. And I guess it's like supposed to be irony or like art <laughs> that they do it like that. But this is an, one of those songs that fits into that genre. Um, but yeah, upbeat sound with horns that come in to reinforce the positive things. Getting sober, I guess that's how I interpreted it. Uh, Memorable tone with a rather icky subject, helping someone detox after addiction. Um, and like the whole song is good, obviously, but the last lines I think are it's perfect climax. It's freezing out. No way I can make it to to ten. He's waiting at the detox place. Look back at the truck at my only real friend. And it's just like oh, that's sad and like Badge. hopeful, like helpful, I guess. Um, anyway, that's my notes. We're done already? I mean, I don't have anything else. Let me see. I could talk more about my shit. I can more go more off the cuff. But I mean, to be honest, these two weeks for me are kind of like, eh. Like, really? We're scraping, at least no, for me. I love both of these weeks. Really? I'm the complete opposite. I'm like, eh, they were okay. I thought these were both really strong I, weeks. Wow, we have very different opinions. I mean, fake fine is a perfect definition of my life. <laughs> uh, just like pretending to be okay and like kind of just struggling through it. So, yay. Uh, especially 2020 pandemic and everything. And people were like, cheer up. I'm like, how? So, there we go. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Really? You like these two weeks? I was like, so. Yes. No, I mean, I. Just to have good nostalgia for this time last year, I guess. Oh, each their own, I guess. Um, yeah, I got nothing else for this week, unless you can scrounge up some. Um, I like Fire Fire by Steam Power Giraffe. Um, I think Steam Power Giraffe is awesome. Um, yeah, I said that the BG song was kind of weird. I, I didn't really elaborate why I thought it was weird. It didn't feel like a Bee Gees like instrumental, and they had like the normal Bee Gees voices, and I was like, "What is going on here?" Um, either early or late Bee Gees, but it's one of they're probably late Bee Gees. Two perfect moments from Super was cool. It was a good like little uh, score from that movie Super by James Gunn. Oh, see, you saw Suicide. We talked about Suicide Squad here, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Did, yeah, oh, we did, did we because I had to. Yeah, because I had to put the fucking disclaimer in the middle of the episode and re-record things, and it took me like an extra twenty minutes to like say skip to this part in the episode. Hand. So yes, hand, Brad, okay. hand. Yeah, that was a good joke, right? Yes, the Met Sign guy hand. named Hand. We we kept sending each other that with the fucking hand meme. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh yeah, that's all I really got. We that's talked my brain just as much yeah. about. We had a lot going on these past few weeks. We talked just much, just a much, just as much about baseball as we did with music. <coughs> you cut out, what I, but I know what you did. I don't think the audience will hear it, but Mike just screamed at full volume, and I just heard his mic peaking the entire time. I don't know if that'll come through the recording, but it was great. <laughs> nope, you peaked again. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, do you want to do your top five? <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, 
Fire, Fire by Steam Power Giraffe. Our Year, Come Over, Deadlock, Nokia. Boom. I guess Our Year's okay. winning, right? Probably. Yeah. Good. I finally get a fucking win under my belt. Uh, Blackwater by Timber Timbray. Good song. like the guy's voice. Four, Celebration by Argent. Didn't talk about it. Not much to talk about. Classic celebration song. That song reminded me three. of Dawes. <laughs> it does actually sound like Dawes. Yeah. Uh, three, The Bottom Shelf by Daniel Box with two X's. Get it right. Uh, two, Our Year by Old 97s. One, That's the Ryan winner. and Dave. Acoustic by Rare Americans. Yes, that is the winner. Our Year by nine, uh, Old 97s. Ironically, that song came out in 2020. It sounds like such a 90s song, but whatever. Good for them. Bridge the gap. Um, yeah, that has been this episode of JM Radio Talks About Baseball. Because um, I think that'll equal out how much we talked about the music this week. Uh, if you want to follow us and keep up to date with our podcast, with our playlist, so you can listen to the music before we talk about the music at JM Radio on all social media, but we really post only on Instagram because I'm lazy piece of shit. Um, so follow our Instagram at Jam Radio Pod. Don't forget the pod. Uh, uh, follow, like, share, subscribe, rate us on Apple Podcasts because that really helps us boost the energy and the audience numbers. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, that is all then. Uh, did I forget anything? Uh, if you go to our Spotify playlist, we'll always put them up on Instagram, on our stories. Follow that account. It's my name. It's my account, Jeremy Siegel, if you want to stay up to date on the playlists and you don't want to wait for me to post them because they'll always be on Spotify first. Um, yeah, that is it. Okay. Want to count us down, Mike? Yeah. It was an interesting, fun week. Uh, it was a week. Three, two, one. You got, you got some, some listening, listening to, to do. do. Didn't sound that bad. So long. Okay, Bowser. Bye. What was that? Fuck the Mets. Hold <laughs> <I don't know. laughs>